Welcome to Finance Tea. I'm your host and founder, Paris K. This podcast will be serving you financial tea with the works. Today's topic is investing one-on-one, and I'm joined today by Mabel. Her IG handle is at Girls on the Money. And Mabel, can you give us a brief intro? Sure. Hi, Paris. Thanks for inviting me. I'm very excited to talk about investing. Um, I'm obsessed with the topic, as you, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that, how it goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, my name is Mabel. I'm the founder of Gross on the Money. So basically, the mission of Gross on the Money is just, is just to get more women um, interested in investing and not only interested because I'm sure there's a lot of interest out there but um, educated to the point where they feel, they feel confident enough to start participating in the stock market. So um, I've been investing for over a decade and when I first started investing I was the only female um, amongst my friends that was into this stuff. Like most of the time I'll find myself talking about stocks and different types of investments with men. Um, So it's very rare um, to find women that wanted to talk about it. So, you know, I thought that was, you know, not fair because we have such so many advantages when it comes to being great investors. So um, just my mission is just to, through education, get uh, more women um, excited and motivated to participate in the markets. Um, but, you know, men also follow me on my platform. So, you know, I don't discriminate. <laughs> but yeah, it's mostly, you know, women. I'm a woman audience. Okay, okay. I started investing thanks to your page. Uh, Thank you. That's so nice to hear. (laughs) I mean, I was considering it, but I wanted to Mm -hmm. become like more educated on the topic of investing. And I know recently I saw that Amazon made history, well, probably history with their uh, $1 trillion market cap. So what does that mean for someone that's Mm -hmm. an investor? Like, are they Mm -hmm. winning right now? Oh, of course. Absolutely. To me, um, I never like to talk about specific stocks because honestly, when it comes to stocks, it's it's risky because you never know what can happen to a company. Mm-hmm. But with Amazon, for uh, many years, it's been like my favorite, favorite company just because... You know, they feel. I feel like they're taking over everything. So it's it's kind of you know it's good and bad for different mm-hmm. industries. But yeah, Amazon is insane. Like you know, it's uh, it's up there. So for I'm sure. On, I'm on, like, oh my god, I should have invested yeah. in Amazon. But it's too expensive now to get into Amazon. It's expensive. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's expensive, but I tell people like you know, if you have that much, I mean, it's it's insane. Like I wouldn't buy a share at this point because it's so high up there. But I'm mm-hmm. like, if, if if anybody has the money to put into Amazon, <laughs> like you know, I, I feel like I feel confident about it. But again, like with any stock, anything can happen. So everything can go either way. Agreed. So. <laughs> and with investing, I think mm-hmm. like what you were saying initially mm-hmm. about women not talking about investing, it's almost like. A foreign language it's almost like you're speaking sports to a woman Mm -hmm. about investing (laughs) when nine times out of ten in a household women are the ones who are like handling the financial decisions Mm -hmm. in the household but don't know anything about the investing part or Mm -hmm. making their money grow for themselves so for someone who's just like thinking about getting Mm -hmm. into investing Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you would tell them to consider prior to investing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great question. And I, I love this question because a lot of people um, feel like, you know, I'm just going to jump into investing and make, you know, 
a thousand dollars in a day like they, they feel like it's like this easy money machine but it, you know it it really isn't that way you you cannot think of it that way it's more of a long-term view mm-hmm. for that reason there are things you have to do to prepare yourself to get into a position where okay i'm comfortable putting money aside to you know invest in different stocks or in different funds so the main thing and i and i know some people hate hearing this but it's the honest answer is that if somebody has lingering like high interest credit card debt i think that's like the number one thing um if you know somebody that wants to invest they should focus on investing on getting rid of that debt and the reason for that is that credit cards the interest on credit cards is insane like sometimes i see these rates and i'm like are you kidding me like these banks are like <laughs> stealing from people like i sometimes i can't believe my eyes like 20 percent, 27 percent that's crazy to me like i cannot believe when i see this i'm like are you kidding me and then the the thing that gets me upset is that they turn around and then they give some of these big banks, not all of them, they'll give you like pennies on your savings. Like, okay, we're going to charge you 28% interest on your credit card. And here's like two pennies for your savings. Like it's insane. So, you know, um, I know it can get, it can be overwhelming or whatever, but, um, you know, I encourage people to think about getting rid of, you know, at least getting to a, a position where you're working on getting rid of that debt, because what happens is, you know, you can be making money in the market. Let's say you choose some great companies, you're making some great investments and they making you money. But in the short term, like in the long term, you know, they can make you 20, 28, 50%. I've seen stocks that have gone, you know, have given a return on investment that's incredible 70 percent, but that doesn't happen in the short term that happens over time meanwhile your credit card interest is in the short term so they're charging you all these interest so even if you're making some return on investments on your stocks um they could be you know hitting away by the fact that your interest on your credit cards is increasing and then whatever you owe is even increasing even more over time negating your gains in your investments which is why um you know, getting rid of, you know, at least getting in a plan where you're starting to get rid of that credit card um, debt, I would highly recommend um, that be one of the first steps. Um, I feel a little bit differently about student loans because I know it's something that everybody has. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to student loans, I'm a little bit more lenient. Like you don't need to get rid of all your student loans to start investing. Yeah. I had student loans when I started investing. They were just there on the side. I was just paying my monthly payments. You know, I was being responsible with the payments. Uh, but it's not like, oh, I have to pay this thing off before I start investing. It wasn't that way because I feel like student loans work a little bit differently. Like you have more flexibility. Um, if they're government student loans, um, you know, in terms of like your payment schedule and stuff like that. So I don't really, I don't, as long as you're being responsible with your student loans, I wouldn't worry about completely paying that off before you start investing. But when it comes to like credit card debt, that's one thing that I'm like, okay, kind of start focusing on that first. Uh, and if it makes you feel comfortable also, um, the person can also start like a different savings account for like, you know, this is my investing money. Um, when I eventually start investing, just putting some money aside, but focusing mostly on the credit card debt. Okay. I like that yeah. theory because yeah. <laughs> my credit yeah. cards or the interest rates that I had on my credit cards prior to paying them off 
yeah. 28% that were ridiculous. Oh my God, you know? I can't believe and it. It's I'm crazy. looking at the savings rate that you receive on like an average savings yeah. account nowadays, like 0.25% or like 1.80% where, you know, it's if you crazy. have your money sitting in the stock market, you could be mm-hmm. making uh, something about like 12%. I know like one of my ETFs currently mm-hmm. is making like 12%, which is... Wow, awesome. Yeah. That's a ridiculous amount compared mm-hmm. to zero point, you know, two percent. But mm-hmm. sometimes people don't want to take a gamble with their money. I guess yeah. you know they're thinking about yeah. the risks that are associated with it. And I really yeah. like this. It was one quote that she posted on your um, social media account, and it was basically about you know making you become financially free when your passive income exceeds your expenses. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's this true. is the reason why people get into investing in the first place. Yeah. And I think some people think about investing in the trade sense, like, you know, people that are trading on the market and, you know, waiting till yeah. the market opens and close. And I, I don't I think know. they understand the differences between investing and trading. So mm-hmm. if someone wasn't knowledgeable about that, what's the easiest way to kind of like break that down to them about trading versus investing? Yeah, that's a huge difference. And thank you for bringing that up too, because that's something else that's huge out there when it comes to people being, you know, when you're first starting out, people get confused, like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be making all this money real quick. What's going on? Like, so basically, um, yeah, the easiest way to explain it, explain it is a trader is someone that's going to be in front of their computer from the morning to the, you know, from 9.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. when the market closes, looking at charts and making decisions to buy or sell um, a stock based on rhythms in that chart or like, you know, patterns in that chart. So basically you're, you're using something called technical analysis to make investing decisions. I don't have the time, the patience, or the motivation <laughs> to sit in front of a computer and reading charts. And to be completely honest, I never was knowledgeable in the reading the charts part because that's not, I'm not a trader. That's, you know, I don't, that to me, that's more like gambling is, it's extremely risky. Some people out there that trade during the day maybe feel differently than I do, but because I, I, I'm very cautious with all my investments. I don't see that as a way to have peace of mind and still, you know, being a successful investor. To me, that's too risky to be reading charts all day. So then when you're an investor, you're not thinking about making a quick return in like 20 minutes. You're Mm -hmm. thinking about you own a piece of a business. So if any company out there that you love, you love their products, you love their services, you own all their products, you constantly paying you know to buy you know whatever they're selling you're you know you're paying monthly fees or whatever you can be a part owner of those businesses but then you as a part owner you have to think about okay i'm going to be an owner for the long term so that's when you see over time over the years you see you know 20 30 40 50 percent return on investments Mm -hmm. i've seen um some of my stocks double like meaning they go over 100 percent return but that doesn't happen again that doesn't happen overnight that happens with the years and you know it it, it's not even one year it has to be three five three to five years or longer that's like the long-term view of investing so investing is very long-term focused meaning years versus trading which is very short term meaning like minutes or you know within a day you want to try to turn a profit around you're not thinking about the company you're thinking about making this quick profit right so yeah so basically that's the difference 
And do you recommend like people start investing? As because I normally tell people, I mean, I know I'm new to this, but <laughs> no, but it's you're sound like you know a lot, which is pretty awesome. Like I love when a woman like knows all these like the questions you're asking me shows that you you're learning a whole lot. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yes. I yeah. learned most of it from you, so... Oh, thank you. <laughs> if I was in and everything and just, you know, like, going into these accounts, um, like, just opening up, like, the Stash account, getting mm-hmm. into, like, Stockpile. I haven't, like, opened up with, like, Robinhood. I have, like, the Fidelity account. Mm-hmm. So, cool. you know, I'm, like, navigating my way through, you know, what applications or, you know, accounts that I think are best for me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of weeded off stockpile because they didn't have the beneficiary aspect for me. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And yeah. I didn't see much of a return when I was, you know, mm-hmm. investing with them. So mm-hmm. I know for like a beginner, I'm like, what's a, a good product or a good application to recommend to them if they're mm-hmm. just starting out and they want to get into investing, but just don't know where to start? Yeah, there's so many different options today. Um, I always say that when some of my lives on Instagram, I, I, I used to talk about this before. Like when I first started investing, all that was really available was an online brokerage account. So it was um, back in the day, it was called Trade King. So that's how I got started with something called Trade King. And then eventually Ali bought them over. So now it's Ali Invest okay. or TD Ameritrade. So that's all that, that we had back in the day. But then now you have all these apps and all these services. So before choosing what platform you should go with, um, it's just a matter of asking yourself, do I want to handle my own investments or do I want an algorithm or a company um, to handle the investments for me? So, for example, a company like an app, like if you're, if you're talking about apps specifically, an app like Robinhood, for example, mm-hmm. Those apps allow you to choose your own stocks, your own investments. Um, but they're limited in a sense that um, you cannot open like an IRA or any like type of big like account like that because it's just an app. It's very limited. Um, but you have the option of buying, you know, buying and selling stocks whenever you want. So that that's giving you the freedom to, you know, the flexibility to do to pick and choose. Meanwhile, something like I think it's called Acorns, mm-hmm. another app. That's like a, the different side of the spectrum. So that's more for someone that wants to be more hands off. They want to be involved in the market, but they don't want to choose the stock. They're not really sure how that works. So they just want to have their money invested um, and have what um, Acorns uh, does is that they have like an algorithm, um, you know, whatever those engineers over there do. I'm not really sure, <laughs> but they make it so that um, based on whatever questions, uh, based on how you answer the questions that you, um, when you're opening the account, mm-hmm. they can tell whether you're more conservative or, or you're like more risk. So based on those answers, they will invest your money in different funds. So they're not investing the money that you put in acorns in in stocks. They're investing it in bonds that tie to your risk tolerance. So whether you're conservative or you like more risk, they'll allocate the money in that way. So that's more hands off. So that's the first question that somebody should ask themselves. Do I want to be hands on? Do I want to be picking, you know, if I like different companies, or do I want to pick it myself? Or do I want an algorithm to pick them for me? So that's the first thing with the apps. But then if you also, there's another layer to that, which is, do you want to open an IRA? Do you want to have more um, 
options in terms of ETFs, index funds, different type of investments. For those kind of uh, for those kinds of things, those are more like higher up type. Not that they're more difficult or anything. Mm-hmm. What I mean is that for to be able to invest in those kinds of things and have those kinds of choices, you have to open an online brokerage account, right. which is something like a TD Ameritrade, you said Fidelity, that's another one, Ali Invest. Those are more higher up because you have more choices. You can open different kinds of accounts, custodial accounts, if you have kids. They have different options. And also you can invest in more than just stocks or, you know, uh, they have more uh, variety in terms of what you can pick and choose. So there's there's different layers. And then on top of that, (laughs) there's also something called a robo-advisor, which is maybe some people have heard of them, which is like, um, Robin, not Robin Hood, um, Wealthfront or Betterment. So these okay. are all, so these are also hands off. So basically you're not going to be picking your own investments in those, but what happens in those type of accounts is that you can deposit, they don't have a lot, a big like, uh, requirement. It's probably, I, I forgot how much it is. I, I think some of them don't even have like a minimum requirement. Let's say you have $500 and you want, let's say Betterment to invest that money for you. So they're going to invest that money for you, similar to the algorithms of apps. But what they're going to do is they're going to charge you a fee. Like a, It's not like a crazy fee. It's like a small fee to invest that money for you on a yearly basis. Um, so that's, you know, just that, like a third layer. Um, so any of those options are fine. What, I've, what I'm scared of is people going to real, like, to meet one-on-one with like a banker or a financial advisor that might try to sell people um, the, all these investment products um, where they're getting a commission out of that. Like that always freaks me out a little bit because I'm like, are they are they doing this on your best interest or are they trying to, trying to benefit themselves? Right. So that always really scares me. I'm sure, you know, there's very honest financial advisors out there. You know, I'm not knocking anybody at all. I'm just saying, you know, just... You got those are the things that I will be careful about. Like, what are they selling you? Does it make sense for your, you know, financial situation? Stuff like that. Um, but in terms of like to have your own control of how you invest your money, those three layers, um, you can pick from those three types of things um, uh, or platforms. So, so. Betterment sounds like it's similar to uh, Elvest. Have you heard of Elvis? Oh, yes, exactly. Okay. Yes, I forgot about them. Yes, exactly. They do the exact same thing that Betterment does and that Wealthfront does. Yes, you just have to read. Um, for anybody that's interested in that type of stuff, I would just read like the requirements and like, you know, you know the kinds of funds that they have, where are they putting your money and stuff like that. But yeah, they all do the same thing. Are yeah. there any books that somebody could possibly like read if they just want to educate themselves on investing and they just feel like, investing it's a foreign language to them yeah (laughs) yeah so i i always say like i hate to like i guess um advertise my own book (laughs) but the thing is that (laughs) (laughs) the thing is that when i started investing i had the same same issue like i would go to the library i would take out investing one-on-one books and i would Mm -hmm. open these books and i'll be like okay i'm confused like who is this one-on-one for this sounds so difficult (laughs) so (laughs) so my um the stock market investing lessons for beginners which is a book i wrote in 2016 it's just very very simple um straightforward like a baby step literally baby step type of book for people that have no idea 
idea how the market you know works or what anything means like it's extremely basic and i wrote it basic for a reason because i was one of those people that were like completely lost and confused um so eventually when i got more knowledge i you know i kind of knew what beginners what kind of information beginners will find useful um that's one and this is it's i'm trying to think another book that i really like is um it's a peter lynch book um it's called one up on wall street um that's another book i really enjoy because it talks about how the average person anybody that has some type of income and has money available to invest can make successful investing decisions um you don't have to be a you know, Wall Street analysts, you don't have to have a PhD in finance, you don't have to have any degree in finance whatsoever. Actually, one of his quotes is that, you know, all you need to be successful in investing is no, like, five, fifth grade math. So that's like his, <laughs> that's his, like, um, thought, uh, thought process behind, you know, the fact that anybody can learn to invest. So that's another really, really great book um, that I like, that I love, that I also recommend to a lot of people. Um, and then, um, I would listen to podcasts. Um, I am a huge fan. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of The Motley Fool. No. So, oh, yeah. they, yes, I have. Yes, I have. It's maybe you have. Uh, yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. So, they have, you know, some people get annoyed at them because I think if you sign up for like their mailing list, they're like bombard you with emails. So, that's mm-hmm. like one issue that people have with them. But they have some amazing investing podcasts and they don't, um, it's not like they explain to you what anything means, but they talk about stocks in such a way that you, you know, you understand what they're talking about. Like it's very simple, very straightforward. So the one I really like is called market foolery and it comes on every day, Monday to Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a whole bunch of other podcasts. Like if you search Motley Fool on your, like if you have the podcast app on your phone, mm-hmm. um, all the podcasts that they have will come up. And um, Motley Fool Answers is another one that's really good. So those, uh, I'm just trying to think of like resources that I personally used when I started to invest that made it very simple for me. So um, those podcasts are also really good. Um, but yeah, and... I think that will be it for like a beginner's like I don't want to overwhelm like I wouldn't want to overwhelm somebody like oh how many, where should I start like where should I read like that should be good like read those two books or you know get, go to the library find those books and then listen to the podcast like start listening to the podcast and then you start you'll start picking up terminology and stuff mm-hmm. like that and you know start things will start making sense yes and that's a very vital uh the terminology as well because any true investor always tells you like diversify people always like what what is this diversify word (laughs) people keep going like going around and investing like diversify Mm -hmm. diversify and i always just say you know the simple way of saying diversify is just don't put all your eggs in one basket Mm -hmm. you know you Mm -hmm. spread those eggs around so you're not putting everything in one place because if that particular you know stock flops then you're losing basically Mm -hmm. everything you're investing yep you don't want to lose everything like you just exactly that's not something that you want to risk and you're Mm -hmm. already taking a gamble because it's something new that you're just starting out with Mm -hmm. and i think something else that's really good for someone that's a a beginner investor is Mm -hmm. My, I myself, I took one of your classes before, and I see that you're offering new classes as well. Um, yeah. I believe there was one called Depter, is it Depter Stocks? I'm not sure oh. of the name, but um, <laughs> maybe you can give us clarification on 
what you teach in those particular classes and how mm-hmm. it would be beneficial to somebody who's just thinking about investing? Oh, yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. So, I teach the way that I try to make this as simple as possible and the best way that I that I personally feel that I can do it is through the, the classes that I teach. So, for the main, main class that I have is the Stock Market boot, uh, Investing Bootcamp, which is a five-week class. That That's like my signature course that I've been teaching for, I want to say, I think over over three years already. It's still, it feels like it's been like longer. <laughs> like, oh my God, I feel like I've been teaching this forever. But yeah, um, so that class is very... Um, comprehensive meaning that i start at the very very beginning from what is this like what the heck is a stock like okay. what is it why does it why does a stock even exist all the way to how to analyze a stock to determine or analyze a company to determine whether or not they can make a great investment all the way to like start building a portfolio so i it's like it's a five-week course because i go from the very beginning all the way to start building a portfolio so that's like my most comprehensive class which is why it's the longest one of all mm-hmm. um and that one i offer like every other month obviously uh, because it's so much information and like i usually take like a little break in between classes and i also work very closely with the students like i literally hold their hand through like the whole course because that's something that helped me when I learned like I had somebody that was experienced in investing kind of teaching me step by step and I feel that's extremely important because I cannot just send somebody something to read and forget about it like that's not how it works um I, I have to like I send them the videos I send them the homework assignment I because, you know, I make sure that, you know, I'm available um, for any questions whatsoever about anything um, that's taught every single week because there's like a, a new lesson every week. So it's very like hand-holding kind of kind of class. So that's the um, that's the uh, bootcamp for the stock investing bootcamp. Then there's the dividend investing course for the people that might be interested in learning how to build like a dividend-focused portfolio. So I don't know if, um, if you want me to explain briefly what a dividend is. Um, for your audience. Yes, you can. But basically, just really quick, um, when any uh, small, a lot of companies, not all of them, but a lot of companies pay what's called a dividend. So every three months, just because you own the stock, they will pay you some money based on how many shares of the stock you own. So you don't have to do anything. It's called it's like passive income. Yes. And the money just sits in your in your investing account. So. You know, whatever they might like. For example, you own McDonald's. Maybe they'll pay you like ten dollars um, every three months, something like that, because you own X number of shares. That that uh, money just sits on your account. It doesn't have anything to do with whether the stock goes up, down, sideways. It doesn't matter. It's like a fixed payment. So uh, the dividend class just teaches how dividends work and how some people use dividend investing to grow their positions in companies. Like you don't even have to invest more money in the company you you can just set it up so that every time that company pays you a dividend you can just buy more of the stock without having to do anything kind of like a little machine that just fits itself kind of thing so that's like a a whole a different side of investing where people want to just focus on dividends or learn more about dividends and how to build a dividend portfolio that's another class and the one that you were mentioning the debtor to stock investor accountability program Mm -hmm. That's a little bit different just because it's more of like um, for people that have 
you know, there or they just they feel like they might not be really good with money. They just want somebody to keep them accountable, to pay off their debt, uh, to save, to start investing or to save for traveling or whatever. Um, they just want somebody there to kind of keep them accountable month by month um, and keep them on track with their finances. So that's a more a little bit different because it's not really like a course. It's more like a program where I'm like. No, taking a look at your finances, seeing where you can improve and kind of helping the person like reach their financial goals, whatever they may be, um, kind of like a month by month um, check in system. Um, so that's that's another one. But those are like the three main ones. There's mm-hmm. others that are, are coming just because there's a lot of information out there that I feel that can be very valuable. So I am constantly always, you know, creating new courses. And I, you know, I usually let um, either the newsletter, people that are part of my newsletter, they usually find out about it first and then I'll like advertise it on Instagram or Facebook. So yeah, but those are like the three main ones, I would say. Okay. Is there any type of theory or like quote that you kind of like follow when it comes to investing in the market or some type of theory that people could be like, okay, that now I want to invest. Um, so I would say two, I guess one of them is if you can afford the product, you can afford the stock. And that's something that came to me one day. I think I, I don't know. I think I was writing an article about something and I'm like, wait a minute. Like if people can find money to buy Louis Vuitton shoes or, you know, Nike sneakers or, you know, buy a coffee at Starbucks every day, most likely they have the money to buy stock in that company. So why aren't they, why aren't they being, why are they just sticking to being a consumer where they can also be an investor? Because most of these stocks are not that outrageously expensive with the exception of something like Amazon, which we're going to take out of the, of the list. But, like, but most companies that people that most consumers interact with on a daily basis are not really that expensive and people just you know you just take a a quick look and see how much they cost um that is a good um you know a good way for you to get motivated like wait a minute like i don't just i don't just want to be a consumer like i just i also want to own the business um and another one is from uh, my friend Warren Buffett, <laughs> uh, my uh, uncle in my head. I'm trying to find this um, the quote. Let's see if I find it. I was thinking about what you were saying about the about the. Now I'm losing my train of thought. Both of us are losing our train of thought at the same time. <laughs> I'm trying to find, yeah, I'm trying to find that Warren Buffett quote that I really like. Um, Were you thinking about a a quote that I had said before or? The last comment that you were basically saying when you, Mm -hmm. uh, about the investing. Mm -hmm. Your last quote, shall I say. Oh, um, that I posted today. Yeah, about the product because nine times out of ten. Oh, yeah, so you you get up for the product. The product sometimes costs more than what the stock may even cost. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Absolutely. That is very true. So I actually posted, that's a perfect, perfect example. Um, Long, long time ago, I want to say like, oh my God, maybe not ago, maybe three, four years ago, um, when Apple came out with like a $700 phone, Mm -hmm. I, I forgot which phone it was, and it was like $700 and change. At that time, one share of Apple was like a, 
$100 or $95. So I think I posted something saying like, you know, buying one phone can actually buy you seven shares of Apple. Like, wow. like, <laughs> yeah, so that's actually. awesome. That, yeah, that you brought that up because it's so, so true. For the most part, yeah, you will find that the, the stock is actually cheaper than the actual product. So, yeah. Especially if you go to Starbucks mm -hmm. every single day. If you add mm -hmm. up going to Starbucks every single day, you can purchase mm -hmm. that stock in that yeah. month in probably two to three of them, you know? Yes. Exactly. Yeah, if you add that money up, you can. Yeah, you can realize that. Oh, wait a minute! Like I could have bought this stock a long time ago, like or or an index fund or an ETF that has those companies in it. Like, you know, a lot. You know, they're a lot cheaper than um, spending money on those products all the time. So yeah, that's a great point that you just made. And um, the quote that I was thinking about for Warren Buffett is, um, the stock market is a, a, a device. Mm -hmm. from transferring money from the impatient to the patient so at the end of the day the people that are making real money in the market are people that are very 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 patient they're just you know buying really great companies right. and letting them ride over time and whenever something crazy happens some volatile activity whatever those people sit back they don't panic they don't freak out either they're going to be buying more of those stocks that you know they believe in or they're just going to, they're just going to take a seat and be like you know i'm just going to leave that alone let right. it be because that's just how the market works so the people that are losing money are those people that are freaking out all the time or that mm -hmm. are panicking and are you know whenever something random happens they're like oh you know i can't handle this so one day the market is down and they sell all their stocks and then the next day, guess what? It's right back where it was before. So, and then you're like, oh my God, I sold everything. Now what? But if so, you invested mm -hmm. in something that's a good quality stock, then, mm -hmm. you know, taking a yeah. big dip is nothing. No, exactly. You can sit back and relax. Either you can, whenever that happens with like, um, when I know I have really good companies and I there's something, some downturn, mm -hmm. my strategy is either, if I have money in my account that I can, um, that I feel that I want, I feel like investing that day. I, I either take advantage of the discounts and you know buy more of the stock that I like, or I don't even go into my account. If it's a day that you know everything is it sounds too crazy and I'm like oh like whatever like I don't even want to think about it. I don't mm -hmm. even. I don't even go to Yahoo. Fight. I don't go anywhere. I just do other stuff. Like I forget about it. Um, that's the only, that's the only two actions that I take. I never like you know freak out and like oh my god I have to sell this because the market is down. Like that's a very easy way to go broke really fast. Right. So yeah, so you want to be careful with that. But don't yeah, be scared going into the stock market. <laughs> no, not at all. No, no. If you're yeah, no reason to be scared if you're investing in quality. Uh, companies like if you um what's what scares me about beginners a little bit sometimes is that a lot of people start off putting money in penny stocks in mm -hmm. stuff that i don't really understand because they're like oh my god i can buy like a million shares because this is 25 cents right well guess what it's probably gonna sit at 25 cents for god knows how long and next thing you know it will be at 15 cents so <laughs> and that happens a lot like i've heard horror stories so you know when you're investing in quality you can have peace of mind when you're investing in what i call garbage because honestly that's what i call those kind of kind of <laughs> stocks like penny stocks then you're then you're on your own because you're going to be freaking out and i you know for the most part those i don't trust those things so you know but there's a difference between quality investing and you know junk exactly. <laughs> i completely agree so. with that as well is there anything mm -hmm. that you want to 
recap on for the listeners before we go? Um, I guess to not be scared to um to start educating uh, yourself um your for your audience. For those of you that want to start investing, um, the best way to like put yourself in that mindset is um, start open an account and be that your designated account for investing money. And then every time you get paid, if you can afford to put $20 in that account, $15, whatever it is, just know that that's going to be your investing account. And when you have $100 in that account, $200, look into buying like a well-diversified index fund, or if you want to go into stocks, Buy one or two shares of a company that you really, really like. A company that has a strong brand, that you love the business, you love the company, it's publicly traded, and you just want to get your fit in the door. Because it's not about, you know, waiting till you have $10,000 and then I'm going to invest. It's more about getting into the habit, getting into the market. Even if you just start off with one share, two shares, that's perfectly fine. Like we all start somewhere. Like I started, I have four shares of a company that I love. And then I, after that, like I started to learn more and I build my confidence. So I think a lot of the um, part, people stay, you know, away from the market because of fear. Like once you break that fear, once you buy that first stock right. and you, and you buy something that's really good and you see your money growing, you're, you're going to get excited. You're going to get motivated. You want to want to, you know, grow your mm-hmm. account. So, so just take that small step, nothing crazy. Just, you know, small steps will take you a long way. Right. Breaking the barrier. Stop standing on the sideline. Yeah. Exactly. And if anybody wanted to get in contact with you, how would they get in contact with you? Um, so the best way is, uh, I guess, through email as girls on the money at gmail.com or my Instagram, um, at girls on the money that's and from there i'll put like i'll link my other platforms but that's like the easiest way to find me so it has been a pleasure having you thank you paris (laughs) i had so much fun thank you (laughs) every time we talk every time i you know look at your page or i'm just considering any type of investment i always think about (laughs) the lessons that i've learned at the beginning like the course that I took with you as well and just getting myself out there and actually like trying to get into investing like opening my account with Stash and opening an account with Acorns to see like which platforms I liked and things like that just from the information that you gave to me which I think is like so useful to people especially uh, women who sometimes don't have the time to (laughs) learn these things on their own so just having somebody who's already done it and has the insight that you need to move forward is amazing so anybody that's considering investing definitely go over to girls on the money again it's girls on the money and if you guys enjoyed the podcast go ahead and click that subscribe button and again thank you for listening to my podcast today